Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Alora and Kitty. And in this exciting episode, we're getting lovey-dovey, honey. <laughs> we'll be discussing all of the things, love spells and charms. We felt this topic was fitting for the beginning of February because Valentine's Day, aka Lupercalia for us pagans, is just around the corner. So we'll also be answering a few listener questions throughout the podcast. So get a cuppa and get ready to get sappy. <laughs> okay, so first, I think we should define what love magic is, exactly what intentions it encompasses, um, or the different kinds of love magic. So I think Alora and I are both in agreement, and we think that love magic encompasses all forms of love. That means romantic, platonic, family, as well as self-love. And this also includes the topics of fertility and <clears throat> sex magic. <laughs> Had to clear your throat for that one. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally agree with all of those, for sure. Yes. So any form of love, really. Right, exactly. And this kind of magic can get a little bit sticky because of the different ethics that are involved. Mm -hmm. um, so let's kind of talk about what makes a love spell dark or bad as opposed to good. Um, and of course, that's all subjective. So this is in our opinion. Um, as with anything, go by your own moral compass. Right. But... Um, in, in, for me, um, any love magic that has to do with uh, controlling of the mind or bending of free will of another person, I just don't do it. Um, it's my own personal thing. Um, some people have no problem with it, but I, I do. Yeah, I'm, I feel the same way. Yeah, and, I, um, you know... I mean, so yeah, everyone's going to have a different, uh, probably opinion on this, but for me, like as far as like sending love to someone or, you know, trying to just attract love to yourself in general, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think most people would agree with that, but, you know, forcing an unwilling individual to love you, um, A, yeah, you're going against their free will, but also like, in my opinion, why do you want to force someone to love you in the first place? You know, to me, this isn't right, going to exactly. be love. It's going to be obsession at best. Yeah, it, it can. Yeah. And it can get messy, like down the road as well. Like, For sure. you, you have no idea what it will be like until it happens and then it can turn ugly. <laughs> right. Right. Um, a part of uh, just kind of along the same lines, I've heard of people like asking about binding themselves to another person. And I think that like, I think of hand fasting, which is a, it's a different realm of this, but like someone asked, I remember, is it okay, you know, if two willing individuals want to bind themselves like magically to, to each other. And I think, you know, whatever floats your boat, but like for me, I guess because I'm a Sagittarius, I like to feel like I have my own will and I don't want to feel like tied to another person for eternity. 
And I feel like that could get messy down the road too. Like, let's say you don't want to be together anymore. Now you're trying to cut, you know, emotional cords plus any like extra magical cords that you put into place. So yeah, I just think, you know, free will and a little bit of freedom for each party is best. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we, my husband and I had a hand fasting at our wedding and it was something that we both entered into willingly, but it is also something that is in place so long as we both are in agreement, if that makes sense. Right. And I, I see that as a beautiful, you know, just um, like symbol of commitment to one another, not necessarily like I'm going to bind myself to you. Like, you know, I, right, don't know. I just right. see it. It's different. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. And I agree. Yeah. And that was, that was the whole point of it. That was the reason that we did it. And so um, not to say, I think, oh, how do I say this? I think that binding in that respect, um, as, as long as you make not an out, but you don't uh, you don't try to make it like permanent for eternity, no matter right. what, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. Like, yeah. You know, like my husband and I say, you know, how some people will say, oh, they're my soulmate and we'll be together for eternity and all that. And we love each other and we're super like in a committed relationship for the rest of our lives. But we like, we've also laughed and been like, but I release you in the next life, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have to be with me for an eternity, you know, I don't know. Oh, that's hilarious. It seems a little bit intense to me, but that's probably the Sagittarius in me too. Okay. So what's the darkest love spell, love working that you've ever heard of somebody casting? So, I mean, I guess I don't hear a lot of like super dark love magic, but the ones that I feel are dark to me are the domination, like love workings. I know a lot of people will disagree with me um, in that realm of magic. And I'm sure there are reasons those rituals were created to begin with. But for me, you know, again, no thank you. And then the second one, again, I know these things were created for reasons, but the menstrual blood and the spaghetti sauce kind of grosses me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. But you know, um, I was really thinking about this and I think a lot of the uh, binding yourself to someone, the domination work. I think a lot of that also has to do with eras and cultures and time periods. Because if you go back in time in history, when a lot of this stuff was prominent, women didn't have an option really to leave. So it was, I, I kind of see it as them empowering themselves in a difficult situation, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, makes... for sure. And that, that's yeah. what I meant. There's definitely reasons and I didn't know of any, but that's a very good point that you're making. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. Because like, for example, let's say that you, I don't know, it's the 19, I don't know, 1900s, 1920s, 1930s, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And you married a man, had kids with him, and then he starts stepping out. You don't really have an option for divorce or you didn't back then. Mm. So this was a way to empower yourself 
and empower the situation to where you could have some control. Yeah, because then it's like if your man's running out on you and, you know, you're a homemaker or maybe like a seamstress or something at most, you need that extra income, right, to feed your kids. So, I mean, that does make sense, you know, to be able to keep the man around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, thankfully we're no longer in that era and women have a lot more options True. Um, in, in our modern day and age. But yeah. when I was thinking about why those particular workings were created, that really came to mind. It's like, well, historically, women really didn't have many options. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I, I'm glad that you thought about that because, yeah, I, I knew that there, like I said, I knew that there was reasons, but I, was, I didn't really uh, think about it uh, too deeply. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have the same story. It basically is the, I had a client a long time ago now, um, who wanted me to provide her with a domination working and I just flat out refused. I was like, no. And then she went and found someone who would help her and mm -hmm. she did it and it turned out really bad. It was, it was not good. Okay, so that must mean that you've known someone who has cast a love spell and it definitely backfired. <laughs> oh yeah, and it it more so backfired for her personally because yeah. she ended up becoming obsessive, mm -hmm. like to the point where she needed to see a professional. Ooh, yeah. That's why, yeah, you just, I mean, you don't want to mess around with another person's free will in this day and age. To me, it's like, that's why self-love is so important because if you truly love and respect yourself, you don't want to force anyone to, you know, love you back. You know, you'll, you'll attract the right people and the people that see you for who you are will be the ones that love you. And that's the real love anyway. Agreed. Agreed. So I think we should take our first listener question. Yes. So Sierra asks, why are love spells so controversial? I feel like I'm terrified of doing anything <laughs> other than self-love because I don't want to either A, bind myself or someone else unintentionally, or B, use a spell of another culture and anger the ancestors of that particular culture on accident. So what do you say to this? So, I mean, first I'd have to say it depends on the type of love spell we're talking about. Like we said, there's many different like layers and levels of it. There's, you know, there's a lot of people who believe casting spells that involves or is directed at a specific person as dark. And that's obviously what makes it controversial as we've been talking about. I wouldn't say that casting a love spell to just generally attract love is bad though. I, to me, that kind of you know, ascends the idea of, uh, it, you know, what she's saying, you know, being, being scared to, to do a love spell other than self-love. All you just want to do like a general attract love spell. And I think in that case, you know, the universe or just your vibes will attract the right people. So I don't think there's any reason to be terrified of doing it in that way. But uh, secondly, just to steer clear of any like cultural spells you feel are outside of your wheelhouse, you could always just make up your own 
love spells and you don't have to worry about encroach, encroaching on another cultures and, you know, having that fear of potentially angering anyone or not knowing what you're doing with some kind of specific, you know, magical tradition. I don't know. I, I just, I like to make up my own spells, my own magic. I might take from, you know, little things that I've learned here or there, but I always make them my own. And that, that way I don't feel like I'm um, angering anyone or, you know, appropriating or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> How about you? Yeah. I mean, I think that you hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, again, like we've been talking about, they're so controversial because, you know, if you're dealing with messing with free will of someone or uh, messing with their mind, like mm -hmm. that's, that's highly controversial. Um, right. And as far as doing, you know, being terrified of doing love spells other than self-love, um, there are lots of love workings that you can do that are general that you can include other people on. Like if you have an existing partner, for example, and you want to encourage your bond to grow stronger, things like that. Mm -hmm. I agree. So again, still talking about ethics here, but we have another listener question. Cindy asks, how can we do a love spell without being utterly manipulative? I would like to do some kind of ritual to bless the marriage of my daughter and son-in-law, but I don't want to be manipulative. So this goes back to, um, well, at least for me, goes back to when I got married last year. Um, I actually had a good um, practitioner friend of mine create a hand fasting cord for our ceremony mm -hmm. and in the hand fasting cord she included symbols and ingredients that stood for something um and so like for instance she put roses on the hand fasting rope and that was to encourage passion and um sweetness and mm -hmm. uh, gentleness so you can that is uh, to me, that's not manipulative. I mean, no. that's no different than writing out a wedding card and yeah. saying, you know, I hope that your marriage is all that you dreamed about and, and that you're blessed uh, by the universe, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you can, <clears throat> excuse me, I think you can do general blessings mm -hmm. without fear of being manipulative if you will. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, you just kind of leave it more general and ask for, ask for the couple to be blessed, you know, for good health and, you know, um, stability and all those kinds of things. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's not manip manipulative at all. It's like, it's like, you know, praying for someone to be blessed or what have you. So yeah, I agree. Yes. Okay. So Christine asks, is it really so bad to ask the universe what I want in a partner instead of leaving it up to the universe to give me what I need? What if what I need isn't what I really want? Is that so bad? And I'm laughing because isn't that human nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. We want what we want. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's exact. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to ask the universe for what you want. 
you'll probably get what you want if you cast the spell the right way. But, you know, it all comes down to the results or the consequences thereafter, right? You might get into the relationship with the person that you thought you wanted and realize that they're extremely bad for you or that what you wanted then isn't what you want now. I mean, you know, that being said, I think there's nothing wrong in learning lessons. So if, if you want to cast and ask for the universe to give you exactly what you want, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because, you know, experience is the best teacher anyway. Yeah, I agree. And just note that even if you get what you want, there's always going to be, I mean, we're humans, so um, you're never going to get the perfect person. Like this is not going to happen. Nope. So, (laughs) So just know that even with all the, all the things that you want, there will be things that you still don't like. And that's human nature. The closest you're going to find to a perfect human being is me and I'm already taken. So (laughs) just a joke. Okay. (laughs) You there? I might have lost Oh, whoops. I mean, no, I (laughs) muted my mic. Oops. (laughs) I'm like, I I thought that was funny. Nobody's laughing. It's like crickets. No, I did laugh. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God, you're so funny. But then I realized that my mic was muted. So moving on. (laughs) Okay, moving on. So, um, Alora, have you ever cast Love Magic? (laughs) I'm sure you have, but let's hear about a little bit, maybe. Oh, I have. Um, So, in keeping with Lupercalia and Valentine's Day coming up, I actually cast a spell to gain my husband and Hmm. I got I I I was actually watching practical magic one night and I got super inspired by the Owen sisters of course I was like yeah I'm gonna try this out (laughs) so I did um and I and the last question from Christine where she said is it bad to ask for what you want in a partner well I got really sick of finding all the wrong people. So I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm just going to stop focusing on what I don't want because I I was famous for that. Like, I want to find somebody who's not like this, who is not like that, who doesn't do this. Right. (laughs) That I, that I didn't focus on what I did want. So I sat Mm -hmm. down with a journal and it was pure intention. And I wrote out, everything that I wanted in a partner. And I think that thing was like two pages long. And, All right. and about, uh, I think it was about six months later, I met my husband and he was everything that I wrote down. Now I'm telling you, he still has his lesser qualities, but well, <laughs> human beings. Yeah. He, he's still a human being. Right. But everything that was important to me was on that list. And so the universe definitely came through there. And I've also practiced lots of self-love magic. I mean, I do that all the time, actually. Um, Whether it's like a ritual bath that's focused on self-love or um, even, you know, making a hair appointment. (laughs) I know that's not super magical, but that's a self-love ritual. Well, I think anything where you're caring for yourself 
you know, without the input or involvement of others is really just self, I mean, it's self-love, it's magic in and of itself. Yeah, I agree. And I think part of that too is letting go of the guilt when you do that, because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel guilty for spending that money on myself or taking that time away from my family or, you know, so I think when you do that stuff, like getting your hair cut or getting your nails done or, you know, taking care of yourself, buying yourself a new outfit, I think it's really important to let the guilt part of that go because I think that kind of takes away from the magic a little bit. Yeah. I agree. And I'm sure it could be the same way with guys, but I know for women, you know, we are caretakers. We want to care for everyone and nurture. And so to take the time to actually do that for ourselves, to nurture ourselves. Yeah. You can definitely feel guilty about it. I I mean, honestly, I still do sometimes, you know, it's the, for me, it's the time, you know, taken away or what I feel sometimes I'm like, is this you know, encroaching on time that I could be doing this for my kids or, you know, so yeah. Agreed. So what about you, Kitty? What have I ever cast love magic? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, I like currently or like more recently, I do a lot of, I feel just general love magic for my family, you know, mainly with intentions of healing, prosperity, keeping peace in the household. I see all of that as under the umbrella of love magic when you're, you know, asking for positivity for your family. But as far as like romantic love spells, excuse me, I attempted one in high school (laughs) and it worked, but immediately when the boy started to like me, his family decided to move him a thousand miles away. So it didn't work out anyway, right? Ouch. (laughs) So now that I'm older, I just, you know, I don't, and you know, I'm older, I'm more experienced. I don't think that it's right. Just me again. I don't think it's right to cast spells on anyone. You know, it's not necessary, nor is it right. But again, to each his or her own. That's really the only ones I can think of. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about some simple, magical ways to attract love. Okay. So what do you think some good ones are for that? Well, uh, again, I don't know if it's considered magic, but for, in my opinion, self-confidence is a big one. If you're confident in yourself, it automatically naturally attracts people. So uh, in addition to that, you know, being self-confident, you can wear colors that invoke love or passion, red, pink, green, even because it's related to the heart chakra. Um, two, something that's really worked for me to really help with my self-confidence and and self-love is to tell myself or, you know, tell yourself every morning in the mirror that you're beautiful and that you're worthy of love, that you are love. It seems simple and maybe cheesy to some people, but it really works. And over time, you will start to look in the mirror and, and see yourself in a different light and you'll feel more confident. And again, you'll just naturally attract people. How about you? I second that because I think about the times in my life when I have attracted partners and it's always when I've been at my most confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, in addition, I think there are some like actual magical ways to help boost 
your confidence and boost your kind of sex appeal. Drinking red hibiscus or butterfly pea tea for women and um, eating phallic shaped food for men. That also helps with fertility. Y'all can write that down. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, go back, go back, go back. Go back so are you saying that, that men should eat phallic shaped, like women's phallic shaped foods? No, no, man shaped too. Like eat some bananas. <laughs> yeah, but is that, are you saying that's like for men only or is that for everybody? I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. So like red hibiscus and butterfly pea, those are herbs that are magically feminine. And traditionally, butterfly pea uh, tea is supposed to make women more attractive or, you know, um, again, increase the sex appeal. So, so but, go ahead. So, so it's kind of like a glamour tea. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. But I mean, also too, for men, I guess, yeah, you could probably drink red hibiscus and butterfly PT and that might attract women to you. But I mean, I guess it depends on your opinion, how you look at it. But what do you think? Well, I think it's, I think it's dependent upon what you're trying to invoke um, in yourself or harness within yourself so like for men to eat like bananas for instance like if you're trying to boost your masculine energy right i would say go for masculine foods you know what i mean right. that yeah. makes sense avocados too because you know <laughs> I, I i mean it sounds funny but it they are like traditionally used in some cultures to like amplify a, a man's virility and you know attractiveness so we can do a whole podcast on phallic food but we won't <laughs> <laughs> we probably could but let's not <laughs> that's funny you have anything on on this as far as you know simple magical ways Simple, magical ways to attract love. I mean, I'm in agreement about the confidence thing and wearing colors um, that invoke love. I agree with that. As you know, I don't, I don't know because personally I don't do a lot of like, I mean, I do a lot of love magic, but not to attract it. Not, not so much yeah. these days. And even when I was single and ready to mingle, I still didn't do attraction, love attraction that often at all. I think I've yeah. only done it like, oh, I think I only did it the one time and I got my husband. So that was that. Well, yeah. I mean, one and done, you know? So I wanted to say too, <laughs> something else I thought of, because I've used this in other for other intentions, but you can also make yourself a simple like love oil and you can put it in one of those little glass vial necklaces. I think I ordered some on Amazon. I think you can also get them at like craft stores and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? They're like the little glass vials with the cork. Yes, and apparently they're all the rage right now, especially on TikTok. Oh, really? I'm not on TikTok. I'm just not, you know, I'm too old for that, I think, I feel. But anyway. Yeah, no, I'm not either, but I, I had someone show me all of the tiny vials that are 
all the rage on TikTok. And I was like, oh my God, that's like so 90s. Oh, well, I've been using this forever. So I don't know if that makes me cool or uncool, but yeah. But I mean, if you, if you're (laughs) TikToker or not, you know, like you can use the, like wear it. And then when you're out in public or wherever you want to be that you feel like you'd like to attract love, you put a little drop, you know, a few drops on your neck or wrists or what have you. Yeah. But fine. TikTok is doing it. People on TikTok. I don't know how I feel about TikTok, but we're not going to go there. (laughs) Well, the only thing that I said about it was because they were ma- they were using them for jar magic and I and I had a very like no feeling about it. I was like, mm, really? I don't think- oh, interesting. Yeah, because I just they're so small. You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, yeah. when I do jar magic, like that thing is packed, jam packed, yeah. and it's not. I mean, it's not gigantic usually, but it's not that small. I mean, they were like mini vials. Yeah, I usually like the one that I have working right now is just a pint-sized mason jar, but it, you know, it carries enough, you know, it's not tiny by any means. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know what, and this is off topic, but a little to the miniature like stuff, I kind of am into the miniature thing like lately. I have this little Odin statue and I got this little tiny drinking horn, which is kind of cool, but anyway. (laughs) So I can see the appeal to the miniature stuff, but as far as like an actual working being something so small, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to experiment with it, but just yeah. from my experience in jar magic, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, because like it, you want enough room, at least in my opinion, to put like a piece of paper with your intentions written down and, you know, other items that are bigger than a miniature vial size. Okay. Yes. Agreed. Moving on. Um, So we have another listener question. Charnel asks, what are some magical ways to boost one's self-love and confidence? We sort of already got into this, but uh, what do you say, Laura? I think just treating yourself better. Yeah. is a good is a good way to do that because a lot of people just get into toxic habits mm-hmm. and they don't realize that they're toxic or they're uneducated in that sphere that they're toxic you know what i mean like yes. it's just uh what's that saying ignorance is bliss right mm-hmm. so you have no idea that that particular habit is a toxic habit until you yeah. start reading and um so yeah i think just shaving off those toxic habits and creating a routine. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, I mean, I say this, but I'm a Virgo. I mean, routine is, I have to have it. Like I have to have a routine. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like routines are important um, because it gives you this certain security and stability Mm -hmm. with things. Um, So I would say create a routine for yourself. It doesn't have to be the same routine every day, but like if you are somebody who needs to change it up all the time, well, do something different every day, but keep the same like topics. Like, so Mondays you do, I don't know, housework, and then you have the freedom to do whatever under that umbrella, 
You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I agree. What about you? So, and I think I said this before, but you have to start looking at yourself in a different light. A lot of people get into a negative mindset about themselves and you might put yourself down in your own mind, whether you realize it or not. So by maybe just acknowledging those negative thoughts about yourself and then kind of basically overriding them in your own mind. So, you know, if you look in the mirror and you start to see something negative, like, oh, I'm so fat or something like that, it, like recognize that thought and look at yourself and start telling yourself, I'm a powerful, beautiful goddess or however you want to say it and start doing that every day. Um, and you're really going to notice a change in how you think about yourself. You'll start to see yourself in that light. And again, you know, it, it's just going to boost your confidence. Um, and like what you said, shaving off the toxic habits. A lot of people say, oh, I'm eating healthy food, but you know, you're eating a lot of processed you know, bread and pasta, while it seems like it's healthy and like everyone might say that it's healthy, if you're eating too much of it, it's not, right? So you have to really, I feel like, evaluate your whole, all of your habits and replacing those with a little more like self-care, like we've been saying. In addition, I think focusing on your solar plexus really helps with confidence. Eating natural yellow foods, wearing, you know, yellow being able to bathe in the sun, if you can, all of those things will help magically boost your self-confidence as well. I agree. I agree to all of those. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Um, You said something and I was going to comment and now I totally lost it. Solar plexus? When that happens. No. Healthy foods? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) I don't know then. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back to me. Okay. All right. So we have another listener question. And this one is from Sarah. And Sarah asks, how can I effectively send send love to my family? Wait, what? Hold on. How can I effectively send love? Oh, send love my family can sense from afar. Sorry, people. It's late here. <laughs> I got you. I actually had to read that one a few times to like understand it myself. So you're good. I, I mean, this isn't magical, but calling them on the phone, uh, sending a card, sending an email. I am an entire continent away from my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've learned how important it is to just pick up the video phone because we me and my family we facetime at least once a week which reminds me i need to call my mother but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i think i kind of think the mundane things here are important because they need attention they need your time um and so i think that's where mundane tasks actually are of some importance because they need to see that you are thinking of them. Yeah. I agree. Um, This made me think of something that we do with Reiki. It's called just distance Reiki. It's where you send Reiki to another person from a distance, obviously. So, but I don't think that you need to be Reiki attuned in order to send 
loving energy to someone. So how you can do it is you have a picture of your loved one or maybe a memento of some kind. You hold it in your hands. You can light a white or a red candle if you want, but you're going to close your eyes and you envision love pouring from your heart down into your arms and then through your hands into the photo or whatever it is that you're holding. And therefore it will be simultaneously sent to your loved one. Uh, with Reiki too, we sometimes, I often use a stuffed animal. I know it sounds cheesy, but that's what a lot of people teach. And it seems to be pretty effective, especially if let's say someone asked you, you know, for healing vibes, like on their arm or what, you know, whatever it is, then you can use the stuffed animal as sort of a medium to pour the Reiki or just your energy into. And I found that this is, is pretty effective, you know, especially if you tell someone that you're going to do it for them, they end up going, oh, you know, I really felt your healing vibes or your positive vibes today. So you can always try that and you don't have to be Reiki attuned to, to send your energy to someone. Yeah. And if you are a high sensing person uh, slash empath slash clairsentient, um, if you identify with any of those, uh, we could do a whole podcast on this, but just simply put, there are high sensing people, clairsentients that are, they can all send and receive mm-hmm. motion. Yeah. But some are better senders and some are better receivers. So if you feel like you're a sender, it's real easy to send that emotion um, through energetic channels and it doesn't matter how far you are away. Right. And for me, I'm a better sender. And when I send a particular emotion to, I say a target, but <laughs> to a particular person, target. I always, when I close my eyes, I can see that emotion as a color, like a colored beam of light. And it's kind of interesting because whenever I've done it, if the person is not in front of me or not in the same dwelling or whatever, um, it's funny because there's like a lag time between Mm -hmm. when you send it and when they get it. So if you have somebody that's over a distance and you're a high sensing person and you want to try that out, you, that's, I mean, you can do that anytime. You just think about them in your mind, close your eyes, picture, the emotion you want to send, whether it's love or joy or peace or whatever. And you can associate that with a colored beam of light. You can visualize it in a different format um, and you can send it that way as well. And I, you know, that sounds a lot like what you're talking about, but I'm, I don't, I'm I'm not Reiki attuned or anything like that. I'm just a clairsentient. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess the, just the difference um, is sort of, so Reiki is more channeling divine white light from outside of yourself, like from above. And then, but what we're saying is you want to take your, if you want to take your own love, like from, you know, from your energy or from your heart or whatever, and project it, um, is a little bit different than Reiki just to that level. But you know, it's all really the same. Love is love. So (laughs) love is love is love. Love is love. So how about, since we're talking about love and it's February, we discuss the origins of Valentine's Day and also, you know, that's going to lead into Lupercalia. So did you well, have anything on that? 
Can we just talk about Lupercalia and not Valentine's Day? Because that'd be excellent. <laughs> well, I'll just brush over Valentine's Day and then we can go right into Lupercalia. Is that cool? That's cool with me. So we're going to say that Valentine's Day, just like almost every other holiday, is probably of pagan origin. The term Valentine's Day refers to the saint who's commemorated by the church on February 14th. Uh, so St. Valentine was a bishop and a martyr in the third century in Rome who ministered to persecuted Christians. And the legend says that he would wed Christians who were imprisoned, I guess, because nobody else was doing it at the time. So that's where, you know, Valentine's Day comes from. However, that leads us really to probably the, the you know, the pre-Christian origins of the day, which is Lupercalia and Alora. Woohoo! Much more interesting. <laughs> I know. So Lupercalia was celebrated between well, it started on the 14th and ended on the 15th, mm -hmm. um, and was filled with lots of sexual debauchery um, mm -hmm. to release fertility and healing in the hopes of warding off evil and to purify and cleanse the city. Um, so this is a Roman fertility festival. Yes. So they would perform rituals, throw parties, um, and basically it was a good time. It was like carnival <laughs> way back in the day. <laughs> right. Um, so some sources suggest Lupercalia predates even ancient Rome. Uh, the name is linked to the wolf, yep. Lupus, mm -hmm. and therefore the priesthood, the Luperci, or the brotherhood of the wolf. Mm -hmm. And how awesome does that make you feel? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have that last name in your family tree? Yes, I do. Yes. I, I probably not of Roman origin, but it is, I mean, you know, it's a namesake, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so Lubricalia was also a breastfeeding festival because of the connection with the founding brothers. Mm -hmm. and the she-wolf that milked them as babes. So yes. every year on Lupercalia, the brotherhood was summoned to a cave where sacrifices were made. Then they anointed their foreheads with the blood and went down and went to town with whips. There they whipped anyone they saw. This was welcomed. <laughs> and in some documents, there were people who purpose, purposely bared their skin to be whipped by the brotherhood. Obviously, there's a sexual tone to this tradition, but it might also have to do with scaring the evil spirits away. Mm -hmm. And also, side note, this reminds me of, and I cannot think of the name of it, but there is a sect of, I want to say Catholicism, that does the whipping mm -hmm. or the- um, Flagellation. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So this, is, this reminds me of that as well. Yeah. So I wonder if they got that tradition from this, but I don't know. Um, anyways, and therefore purification. So the colors that we use on Valentine's Day, red and white, correspond to the blood and the milk in Lubricalia customs in ancient times. That part Yay. right there, I feel like is so heavy metal. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's like, oh, red and white, like Valentine's Day. Little do they know it actually means blood and milk, you know, like. Yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty heavy. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Gotta love the pagan holidays. Okay, so now that we've talked about the Lupercalia customs, did you want to discuss maybe just a few of the love spells that you wrote about in your love spell article? And for who anybody who doesn't know, you can go on otherworldlyoracle.com and there's a search bar and you can just put in love spells and Alora's article should pop up if you'd like to read this later on. Yeah, so I wrote about three attract love spells. Um, one of them is the one that I did uh, to uh, inspired by <laughs> the girls on Practical Magic, the Owen sisters. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I also like gave it some spell elements because when I did it, I didn't really. It wasn't there was no chime candles or petals or whatever, but. Um, I did what mine. Is this? is this the cauldron one or a different one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the cauldron one. So this spell is exactly the same. Well, not exactly, but basically the same as the one that I did with just a journal. But basically you're going to write down everything that you want in a partner. You're going to write it on a on petition paper, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to place a ring of rose petals around your cauldron um, carve your name on all of the candles that you'll use. You'll need a pink one, a white one, and a red one. There are three different oils you use to anoint these candles. Um, and this particular working is uh, folk magic hoodoo-ish. Mm-hmm. So there are psalms you can recite um, and things like that. So I got the basis of the spell Um from somewhere else, but then I added my own stuff to it. So, cool. And then the a second spell on the list is the self love ritual milk bath. Um, this is a really nice one to do if you're doing Valentine's Day solo, um, mm-hmm. because it's designed to give you like a moment's pause, if you will, on the craziness of the world yes. and. Um, open yourself up to receiving love from others. So this involves herbs, um, two cups of milk you'll need, uh, Himalayan salt, and there's coconut oil involved and four white pillar candles. And it's basically like getting in the mood with yourself. (laughs) Ah, hot. We like it. Spicy. (laughs) And then the third one is a sweet jar. So these can be controversial, but I don't see them as controversial because I feel like sometimes people are being stubborn or too prideful. Um, so sweet jars are meant to sweeten someone to you. Mm-hmm. So if you've had a disagreement or if you're not exactly seeing eye to eye, you can do a sweet jar to kind of soften them up so that you can maybe communicate and work your issues out. Um, so this one involves a jar, of course, and then sweeteners. So honey, sugar, molasses, syrup. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other ingredients that you can read about in the article if you want to look it up. Um, and like, like any spell working, um, that I do and any spell working that I teach, 
I tell everybody, these are the base ingredients and directions. If anything feels wrong, please do not hesitate to change it to suit your practice and your needs. Right. Um, so everything that's listed in the article is just a base suggestion. You can mm-hmm. edit it any way that you want. Right. Love it. So check that out, folks. Yay! So, <laughs> so uh, I want to talk a little bit about gods and goddesses that are considered love deities, in quotation marks, because mm. a lot of them, you know, just to preface it with this, a lot of gods and goddesses that are considered love goddesses also have that opposite side to them. So there's, I feel like there's light and dark in everyone and in everything. That's part of the sacred polarity that we've discussed. It's going to be the same with the gods. Even if you see a god as being, you know, a deity that will bring you love or romance or passion, that god might also have another side, right? And there's going to be, I feel like just my experience, there's other, there's some deities that are going to be more of a loving and compassionate towards human beings than others. So you just have to be careful if you're going to work with the God or goddess specifically to draw love into your life, be careful who you're working with. Right. And I'm sure you can speak to this, Laura. Yes. Yes, I can. Um, I cannot. Okay. Um, (laughs) I cannot speak from personal experience on this because I know how capricious these goddesses can be Mm -hmm. and I choose not to (laughs) engage. I don't know if I'm afraid or just like, um, no thanks. (laughs) But then again, well, but then again, I haven't been summoned by them either. Yeah. I think, you know, again, it, for me, cause I'm polytheist, I think that each and every God has its own like energy. It's its own sentient being and they all have personalities, right? So there's some that are a little bit safer than others to work with for love purposes, but you know, there, some of them are also in it for themselves as well. I mean, it's kind of like saying all fairies are of love and light. Cause you'll hear a lot of that like online, like fairies are just around to help heal people. But <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's nice uh, to no. think that way. Yeah, exactly. If you think that, please step away from the fairy ring. I, exactly. And it's the same with gods and goddesses. You really just, you know, just be careful what you're doing. Don't just call on a god or a goddess to be like, you know, help me attract love into my life because it could potentially backfire. I'm not saying that all gods and goddesses are bad. It's just, you know, you have to develop okay, a let, relationship with them, right? Let's talk real world. So okay, talk real world. let's talk real world let's talk Aphrodite so I have a friend who worked with this goddess uh very prominently in her 20s and now she is not 20 anymore but um this goddess caused a lot of chaos for Mm her um specifically because so, so Aphrodite is a love goddess, right. but I don't think that everybody 
realizes that she is all aspects of heart, right? So that's love, hate, need. Jealousy, probably. Jealousy. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, she is also a goddess of rivalry and competition. So mm. what about promiscuity? Probably that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Also, <laughs> yes. But the thing is, is that for those that work with Aphrodite, mm-hmm. they, at least in this case, um, there have been a heap of stalkers from the time that she engaged with Aphrodite, even a little bit before, but definitely from her Aphrodite period Mm. all the way up until today. Yeah. Like it still happens today. (laughs) So, yeah. So just be careful because, you know, while, oh, they're just capricious. Right. So yeah. That's yeah. how I feel about love deities. I'm like, <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. It's a little, you're, yeah. I don't know. I agree. It can get sticky. <laughs> I feel about Aphrodite, how a lot of dudes feel about Odin. Really? Guys yeah, feeling that about Odin? Yes, girl. What? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I can't say for the general population, but I will right. just say the men that I know that have worked with Odin feel like he's very capricious and can turn on a dime. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Well, just shows you, you know, be careful who you're working with people, you know, develop a relationship before you just start asking them for, you know, to be, beautiful or attract love or what have you. So, okay. Uh, We won't lecture you guys anymore. (laughs) So let's talk about our favorite herbs. What? Sorry. I I feel like we're showing our, our, I don't know, witcheration here. Our witch generation. (laughs) Our generation is what you're saying. (laughs) Our age. Yeah. I feel like like ladies. Yeah, like, don't do this and don't do that. It's really risky. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. You know, do what you want, but we're just, we're just trying to be helpful. We're just speaking from voices of real world experience. So take Other world experience. Yeah. There you go. All right. So. Shall we share? Yeah. So let's talk herbs, colors, stones, ingredients, all the love spell, romantical business. Okay. So I'll just start with my favorite herbs. Go for it. So Angelica, apple. Sweeteners, so that can be like sugar, can be stevia, can be whatever. What? Um, honey, <laughs> honey syrup. Um, lovage, rose, hibiscus, juniper, passion flower, mm-hmm. motherwort, rosemary, lavender, vanilla, cedar, lily, and tulip. 
All very good. I agree with all of those. I would add, what did you, what did, okay, I'm trying to see what I have <laughs> that you didn't say. I have basil. Did you say that? No, I did not. So I'll just say that because I, I love cooking and I'm really into food that I love a lot of foods for this reason, like tomato. I know you don't like tomato. No, I don't. But, but tomato is <laughs> traditionally an aphrodisiac. Um, if you hear the, the word Aphrodite in that, I don't know if anybody ever realized that, but yeah. Um, so tomato is considered the fruit of love. I, I love tomato. I love basil. I love using those in my cooking. And just recently, I harvested a bunch of bougainvillea blooms. Do you know what bougainvillea is? Heard of it, yes. It's a tropical or like subtropical bush that has really sharp thorns on it, but the blooms are this gorgeous, like deep magenta pink. And mm. <clears throat> I just harvested a bunch because I had to cut it way back because it was on my husband's fishing bench outside and he was complaining. But anyway, <laughs> so I'll, I plan on posting uh, some pictures of them because once I actually dry them out in the dehydrator, they retain their color almost, which I was really excited about. But I think with these, I'm going to use them specifically for like protecting love or protecting like your family or your household. And another one that I would add is mallow. Uh, that's, uh, we have marsh mallow, the plant that grows native here. And the blooms are these really cute, like dainty pink flowers. And those are great for love as well. That's all I would add. Okay, what about colors? So, I mean, the obvious one is red, but I also think pink. Pink is great for self-love or just family or even, you know, love for a friend. Um, light blue for peace and healing. Did I miss any? I would also add like a deep orange, um, mm. especially for the sacral chakra. Oh, right? yeah. Um, and a lot of like your deep orange stones mm -hmm. are good for male virility. Oh. So, so what, yeah. like carnelian or what? Uh, citrine, carnelian. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. In addition, we obviously, we would all agree on rose quartz. That's probably the one that everybody thinks of. Oh yeah. I think also selenite is good because it has that, it's just that divine white light type of stone. Clear yep. quartz. I also think of green stones for love because they're associated with the heart chakra. So moss, agate, bloodstone. Hmm. Yes, I would add unikite because that's especially good for encouraging bonding. Yeah. Uh, rhodochrosite and rhodonite, both. Hmm. Uh, garnet. And what, this is my favorite stone ever, ever. I don't know why, but it's, it's cinnabar. Oh, yeah. But... Yes, cinnabar is a big promoter of healthy sexual appetite. Very good. Oh, jade is another one that a lot of people really like, the pretty light green jade stone. Yes. 
Agreed. Okay. I think Go ahead. You, Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think unikite is a type of jade. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't work with a lot of stones and crystals anymore mm. um, than I used to. I mean, I still do to a small degree, but I don't know. I guess I'm more heavy on herbs anymore. So what about like any other ingredients or tools that you feel would help with love magic? So yeah, I have all kinds of answers on this. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> so shoot. Uh, one of the big ones that I really love to use is like tokens of special moments. So I am ridiculous when it comes to keeping little trinkets uh, from particular important moments mm -hmm. in, in a relationship. Um, and so, for example, I kept the red ribbon from a bouquet of flowers my husband gave me. Uh, this was like a, our second anniversary, I think, um, before we were married. But I kept it, the bouquet came tied in a red ribbon. So when the bouquet got used, I kept, I dried out the flowers and I kept the petals. And then I also kept the red ribbon and I still have it and I haven't used it in anything yet. Um, body paint. If you want to draw sigils on the body during sex magic, body paints are awesome. Ooh, ooh even better. Black Edible. light body paint and get yourself a black light. You're welcome. <laughs> or edible <laughs> oh lord all right <laughs> um a journal and a pen that right there has done all my love magic work for attraction um and then think outside of the box when you're doing love spells and i'll give you an example because i thought this was just amazing so the hand fasting rope that was made for us for our wedding <clears throat> It contained a tooth in it. A tooth was sewn in it. And when the wedding officiant read out the meaning of the tooth in there, I thought it was brilliant. So the tooth was sewn in there to represent the grit that we would need to make our marriage successful. And I thought, oh. God, that is so brilliant. It is, but whose tooth was it? <laughs> It was an animal tooth, and I can't okay. remember which animal okay. at the moment. <laughs> I have to go look at it. I like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was not a person's tooth. Calm down. I didn't go around stealing teeth. I mean, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't make it. Okay. <laughs> so I forgive you. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think that's brilliant. I think it's a really cool idea. But I mean, just outside of the box stuff that you, yeah. you know, that you just come across and you're like, oh, this can represent this yeah. um, aspect of something. I mean, I've even used, um, I saved not the uh, umbilical cord itself, but the umbilical cord clip. Oh, like yeah. Like from each of my children. And I use that in, you know, just like healing spells if my kids need it. So yeah, you, just, cool. you get creative, right? Yeah. That's really cool. 
No, oh, thank you. Because it also but, represents I mean, like the connection between me and my kid or my kids. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. I, I wanted to add hugs. <laughs> they, in my opinion, are the most powerful physical form of family or even friendship type love because it, it's not just that it's a comfort, but even so science shows that 20 second hugs release oxytocin, which is the love hormone in the body. And it effectively also helps to relieve stress. So my family and I, if someone's stressed out or whatever, we literally are like, do you need a 20 second hug? You know, <laughs> and we hug each other and it's like, it, it actually really does relieve stress. I love that. I know cheesy, but you know, it, it does work. I promise. I know, but I love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'm going to start making, I'm going to start making everybody around here do that. They'll probably you tell be them, like, tell them yeah. it really releases the love hormone and it relieves their stress. Uh, that's hilarious. After a little while, like after the 15th second, you're kind of like, okay, you know, but you just, just hang in there for the full 20 seconds. <laughs> and I, oh, I have one more thing about Aphrodite while, while I'm thinking about it. All right. If, if you guys out there in podcast land want to know more about Aphrodite's personality, look up the mythology of Aphrodite and Eris, E-R-I-S. It is a fascinating story and you can see more of Aphrodite's, uh, all True of nature glory. I don't know. I don't know what glory. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm sorry. Like I'm effectively like picturing her as like a mean girl in high school at this point. I don't know why. Mm. Like the popular one who all the guys love. I don't know. Anyway. Well, it's more a story of how there was just, you just have to read it. There's a golden apple involved in a competition. And so, yeah. I don't want to read it. Just tell me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no, yeah, I am. Actually, I'm going to read that if I have time today because it sounds interesting. All right. You do that. All righty. I think we should wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I think we have talked love magic to death at All this right. point. I don't think there's anything else we can say. Loving to death. All right. So... I will go ahead and wrap it up then. So if you all haven't, you can check out our love magic articles on otherworldlyoracle.com. The Laura's three love spells, as we discussed in the podcast, are published there for everyone to see, as well as a few articles by myself on self-love spells. And there's also a members only love magic article with tips and tricks. We want to thank all of our regular listeners and to all of our new listeners, if you're joining us, we're happy to have you. Please check out our Facebook group as well as Alora's site, alorarain.com. And don't forget, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.